What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Immaculate Sports. Instagram is also at Immaculate Sports. TikTok, YouTube, at Immaculate Sports. It's episode 92, Monday night. Little change right after the Warriors game. Uh, we have some, you know, busy schedules tomorrow for the first time in a while. So make them do. Yeah, this episode will still be up on Tuesday. Obviously, yeah. you guys will see that, but we are recording it. So if someone gets around... cut or traded or injured or gets exactly. COVID. Exactly. Yeah. That would suck for us, though, because <laughs> then we'd miss out on it. But uh, 10 p.m. on Monday night, Warriors game five just get got done, finished, where the Warriors have a 10-point victory over the Celtics to take a 3-2 lead in the NBA Finals. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. Uh, but just like how we always start every, every single episode together, yeah. what was the favorite thing that you saw from this past week? Best thing I saw super regionals for baseball. The Longhorns were down seven to two against Eastern Carolina in an elimination game. They come back, beat them nine to eight with a walk-off. Uh, and they ended up moving on. They're going to Omaha. So great for, uh, for Texas. Yeah, uh, a lot of great Super Regionals over the last few days. I've been watching the Stanford one pretty closely. I watched the Tennessee one pretty closely. I watched the Oregon State-Auburn battle quite a bit. I didn't watch the end of the game today, although I do know that Auburn won. Very sad. Uh, but good for Stanford because they're the highest-ranked team left yeah. in the the Omaha 8 at this point. We'll talk more about the College Baseball World Series, though, as we get to halftime but before that i want to talk about the a's obviously yeah and i'm finally getting the win breaking their 10 game losing streak or nine game losing streak whatever it was with the win over the guardians on saturday and man did that feel good a's were down three to five in the top of the seventh inning when seth brown came to the plate bases loaded and he hit a grand slam to give the a's a lead and then from there the a's patted on in more with christian bedlingcourt who had a great Great week this past week with just hitting the ball hard consistently over and over again. And then Sean Murphy also hit a home run later in that game as well. But the A's, I mean, when we were talking about the A's a month ago at this point, we were we were a little bit more excited with it. But now sitting at 21 Back to reality. Yeah. it's it's kind of tough for the A's. But getting to see a win is awesome, especially when it's Frankie Montas getting the dub, even though he didn't pitch that well in that game. Uh, which leads us to our Immaculate Sports Player of the Week, which we got to go with Andrew Wiggins. Had 16 and 17 in game four for that, that victory for the Warriors in Boston. And then that big game five that he had tonight where he had 26 and 13 in 43 minutes, which led the Warriors in all three of those categories that I just named. But I know Skyler didn't really get a chance to watch the game, but man, this yeah. was... This was a Wiggins legacy game, man. And he he kind of changed the the outlook of his career from a global perspective tonight. I think uh, obviously Warrior fans have had uh, a really good look at this guy over the past pleasure. Yeah. last two and a half years at this point. But everybody, not just in America, is seeing, hey, this guy isn't that bust that people were talking about in Minnesota. This is this is a true killer in, in Andrew Wiggins. He's unlocked. It's obviously great to see that. And he gets our Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. I assume our Immaculate Sports Player of the Week next week will probably be the finals MVP because we'll know who wins by then. But let's get to the team reports. 
Uh, anything with the Jets in early June, Skyler? Well, camp is going to start pretty soon, and Makai Becton is expected to be there. That's the big thing. Is he healthy? Is he overweight? Is he going to have to move to right tackle? That's pretty much our biggest story right now, and the only story, which I guess is pretty good. No scandals going on. <laughs> That's usually good, yeah. Uh, as far as the Raiders go, OTAs are pretty much finished at this point. I think uh, Coach McDaniels even canceled the last day because give the guys a day off. Yeah. And they said that we'll see him again in training camp, but most of the guys are there day in, day out anyways. But the biggest news with this Ra- the Raiders over this past week was Hunter Renfro getting his extension, two years, $32 million. Uh, extremely deserved. And something that I really like with this this new front office with Dave Ziegler and the new coaching staff led by McDaniels is they are locking guys up long-term. They've done it with Crosby. They did it with Carr. They did it with Adams. They signed Chandler Jones to a long-term deal. Obviously Hunter Renfro gets a couple more years here. And there's a couple more guys that they want to address as far as extensions go that they said that they're working on already with Darren Waller and Denzel Perriman being those guys. And if we lock up those guys, you got, a super solid core seven, eight players that are veterans that know how to win. Uh, I, I don't know what know how to win, but I've been around the block to say the least. And that's something that you always like to see, especially with how the team played at the end of last year. So I'm content with that for right now, obviously so long ways to go to football season. Uh, and that leads us to the spotlight. Skyler, why are you talking about the college football hall of fame here in halftime? Yeah, I originally had it in halftime, moved it over to spotlight because it felt more of a spotlight thing. But uh, the 2023 College Football Hall of Fame ballot is out. And there's a lot of interesting names on here. Tim Tebow, Alex Smith, Ryan Leaf, Justin Blackman, maybe some guys who didn't really pan out in the NFL, but they're finally going to get their chance to... uh, you know, get rewarded for, for the great things they did in college. You know, a guy like Michael James, who I love watching in college, you know, has a chance to uh, get back in the spotlight, which is well-deserved. Yeah. A lot of college football stars that don't pan out in the NFL, but it's definitely good to see those guys get some recognition. Uh, maybe Jamarcus Russell. Uh, as far as my spotlight, I want to talk about a movie that I actually saw a sports movie that I saw last night and, partly today as well. That's the movie Hustle. It's a basketball movie with starring Juan Hernan Gomez as the main character and Adam Sandler in it as well. I haven't uh, seen it yet. It's super, super good. I'm not going to give too much away, but so many NBA players in this movie, uh, they even have branding with like the Celtics, 76ers, a whole bunch of different teams in there, but there's Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, Trey Young, Anthony Edwards, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Aaron Gordon, Luka, I know Mo Wagner got Dirk, on. Mo Wagner, <laughs> uh, Doc Rivers, Brad Stevens. They just have a whole bunch of NBA guys in this. And it's really cool to see some of these guys act. I know it's a little cheesy at some points because at the end of the day, these guys are basketball players and not yeah. actors. But some people, man, I mean, I saw a tweet saying, uh, about Anthony Edwards and his role that he plays because he's one of the main characters within the movie and he plays a super good role in it. Uh, and people are saying this is going to be the first person to ever win an Oscar and an MVP in his career. And I was like, damn, I mean, that... Did Jordan win an Oscar for uh, for Space Jam? Oh, I don't... Not, that wasn't during his playing career, though, was it? Yeah. He came back after that. Uh, I don't 
know. I don't know. I'm just looking at tweets. Man, uh, those weren't any uh, <laughs> anything crazy, yeah. but uh, I mean, I ain't got the Oscars known in my head at this point. Yeah. That's not really something that we know. We talk sports, not movies. Uh, but yeah, Hustle, if you have the chance to go watch it, go watch it. It's on Netflix and uh, it's not going to disappoint. I guess it's directed by LeBron or something like that too. So executive cool producer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but let's, let's just keep it with basketball for the first half here because yeah. it's kind of fresh on our mind. Do you have a favorite uh, 92? Oh, favorite number 92. Yeah. That is true. Thanks for uh, reminding me about that. I yeah. did forget that a couple episodes ago. Mine's got to be Richard Seymour. He wore 92 for the Raiders in his four years with Oakland. Uh, and people think, oh, Richard Seymour just went to Oakland to collect the check and get out of there. But he made two Pro Bowls, was on an all-pro team in his four years there. Obviously more known for his time with the Patriots where he really got that Hall of Fame resume, uh, being an all-pro four times over there. Defensive yeah. player was in the – or not defensive player of the year, but he got second in that uh, award in 2003. Obviously made the Pro Bowl a whole bunch of times and ended up being uh, a Hall of Famer because of it as well as those three-time Super Bowl champ with the Pats. So Richard Seymour, one of the more underrated Raiders of all time. Yeah. I uh, am also going with the D lineman here, the minister of defense, Reggie white hall of famer, one of the greatest defensive ends ever legend for Philly green Bay came out of retirement for Carolina's inaugural year. I'm just reading now. That's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, 198 sacks. That's only behind Bruce Smith. So uh, that's a pretty good company. Any think any active players are going to get past that mark? I think we're going to get it. I mean, we're kind of in the era of athletic freak defensive ends, so I think it's possible. I just don't know if that guy's playing yet. I think we're getting there though. Yeah, a couple guys that come to mind would be like a, a TJ Watt, obviously, yeah. a Michael Parsons, because he's so so young and obviously looks like he's going to be a problem for a long time. Uh, Bosa's young, but he's obviously had a year injured, and like all these young DNs, it feels like they got off to slow starts. Yeah, or they Chase were young hurt was for low. a year. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Should be fun to see though. Yeah. Now let's get to that finals talk. Mm-hmm. We'll do all of our baseball talk in the second half. Usually we do it the other way around. But like I say earlier, it's fresh in our minds, so why not talk about it now? Uh, yeah. When we first, or when we talked to you guys last time uh, in episode 91, the series was tied 1 1. Series was heading to Boston. We were kind of scared, kind of feeling good because the Warriors lost that game one and they bounced back in a big way in that game two and one by 19 points to even up the series. Game three went to Boston in a big way, 116 to 100. Warriors had a terrible fourth quarter. Uh, Steph had 31 points. Jalen Brown led the way for Boston with 27 and gave them that 2 1 series lead there. And in a must-win game for the Dubs in Game 4, Stephen Curry had perhaps the greatest finals performance of his career, dropping 43 points with, I think, seven threes or something like that. Uh, and the Dubs came away victorious, winning 107-97. to Obviously, that gave us a whole bunch of sense of, okay, let's relax a little bit here, because uh, going down 3-1 would have been obviously terrible. Yeah. But that leads us to today. Mm-hmm. The Warriors got off to a hot start. Actually, I wouldn't say hot start. Just the Celtics got off to a really cold start. They missed their first 12 threes. Uh, and the Warriors went into the half with a pretty big lead. And the Celtics came out of half and they just were storming hot. They made eight straight threes and eventually took a four or five point lead in this game. 
And then it all kind of changed in the end of the third quarter when Jordan Poole hit nearly another or not a near half court shot uh, to give the Warriors the lead on a buzzer beater. Uh, and from there, the momentum kind of just changed. The Warriors went on a 9-0 run to start the quarter, I believe, in the fourth. Uh, and from there, it was kind of done. And uh, Wiggins, I mean, obviously had a big game. We were talking about that a little bit earlier. Six or 26 points, 13 rebounds. It's it's pretty crazy what he's doing right now. Steph had a terrible game. Didn't make a three for the first time since 2018. That's wild. <laughs> but the Warriors are up 104 to 94. Game six is in Boston on Thursday. How do you feel right now as a Warriors fan, as a basketball fan? Uh, what are your thoughts on the series so far? I'll start off with, as a basketball fan, I'm really happy just because I've gotten every prediction right so far. <laughs> that uh, that part makes me makes me happy. Uh, and from a Warriors fan, obviously, you know, y- you can't be down 3-2 on the road in Boston. There's a good chance they're going to lose this next game. Uh, so I, I don't want to say good chance, but there is a, an equal chance that they lose the next game. I, you know, I wouldn't call the Warriors a favorites uh, and having that game seven at home is huge. Uh, so this was big, you know, I know last game was must win, but uh, this one may be even bigger. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's looking good for the Warriors. Yeah, definitely looks good say, right now. now. I don't want to, you know, jinx anything, but it's looking great. I still got Warriors in seven though. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, as, as a dubs fan, I mean, this was basically just as big as game four. Cause if you're losing this game and you go to Boston down three, two, that's a death sentence. I feel like just going to that crowd and going to that atmosphere, being in a spot where the Celtics can win a championship is pretty crazy. And I'm very happy that the Warriors don't have to play in Boston for a game that the Celtics can win a championship. Cause even if it's a, it gets to that point they would be in sf at the chase center but i mean i i just like to feel this game I, I like it right now because wiggins say wiggins doesn't have this crazy game steph's gonna have a decent game i don't think we're ever gonna see steph shoot oh for nine from three before and we've seen games in the past where he's had this zero threes or one three and the next thing you know the next game he drops eight threes and 45 points yeah he bounces back better than anybody uh, and I think that's another thing that is, I need to talk about is bouncing back Clay. Uh, because the Celtics too, they had a, uh, a streak this postseason where after every single loss, they ended up winning every single game. They didn't lose back-to-back games throughout this whole playoffs until tonight. Uh, so getting that dub there is obviously huge. One in three in a row is going to be extremely tough against the Celtics because of how good of a team they are. But uh, definitely feel good as a dubs fan right now. And uh I don't know what else to say about this series right now. I, I think I'm kind of just in awe uh, at this point. There's a, a lot of crazy parts. I think if I wasn't a Warriors fan and just a, a basketball fan in general, I'd be kind of pissed. I think I'd probably want the Celtics to win this series, but uh, I That's feel fair. like every game has been pretty good. It's been back and forth, especially in game four, man. I mean, I don't think a team had a double digit lead until the Warriors eventually won the game, uh, which is kind of nuts to think about going a full game without a single team having a double digit lead but uh game six going to boston is gonna be tough but my prediction was warriors and six so we'll see how that ends up going but that being said 
quick first half. Let's go to halftime. Skyler, tell us about the College World Series. What do you got? Yeah, the College World Series uh, should be really exciting so far. Let's talk about some of the matchups here. Uh, and this series starts on Friday, the 17th. So Oklahoma is going to be facing number five, Texas A&M. Notre Dame, huge upset over number one, Tennessee. They're going to be play, playing number nine, Texas. Arkansas is playing number two, Stanford. And Ole Miss is playing number 14, Auburn. It's another double elimination tournament, except uh, we got AM and Oklahoma and the Texas and Notre Dame side. They have their own double elimination type tournament. It's the best of those four teams plays the best of the other four teams. That's the only difference here. Still, uh, you know, best two out of three and should be really excited. I, I have my prediction and uh, I'm going to save it for my bold prediction at the end here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing for my uh, college baseball world series pick on who I have winning might be able to guess based off of the teams that I like, but yeah. uh, yeah, we'll get to that a bit later. Uh, mm. What about a couple, couple big injuries within the yeah. MLB. Yeah. Uh, Casey Mize is one of them. I don't know if you know the other one, which I might surprise you about here in a little bit, but you probably already know it. Depending on if you looked at your phone doing work at all, but uh, what about Casey Mize getting Tommy John? Okay, we'll start with Casey Mize. I think I know what you're talking about, but uh, we'll hold on because I, you know, I, I, was, I didn't look at my phone that much today. But Casey Mize had some uh, some elbow issues since April. Only made two starts this season. That uh, they said his UCL is uh, is damaged. The ligament stretched to the point where he, he's lost all the uh, elasticity, and uh, he's not going to be pitching for another year at least. And it's uh, it's really sad, especially um, you know the Tigers. They're at the point where they want all the guys that are going to be a part of the future to be up right now. And uh, we already saw Riley green get hurt, which sucks for him, but now he's back gonna... though. He's in triple uh, a right now, which is yeah. cool. Thank you. And, uh, but Casey, Mize, obviously the guy who's supposed to be the ace of the future. I know Scoobles stepped up is looking like a monster, but this, this is the number one pick. Uh, yeah. And he's going down kind of a Strasburg path, which Strasburg's going to get into the hall of fame, but you don't want to see the slow start like this and the injuries, of course. And yes. what do you, what's the other? So there's two, actually, I just remembered another one. So Strasburg, who made one start this year, yeah, uh, made his that. first start back just a couple of days ago, ends up going back on the IL. I mean, this dude is so injury prone at this point in his career. It's very, very frustrating. And it's looking like that nine year, $245 million deal that the Nats gave him a couple of years back. It's turned out to be one of the worst contracts we've ever seen within baseball. So I'll say, though, man got him a World Series. I think they're true. OK with paying him that yeah it kind of depends how much you value world series ring obviously that means a lot but uh mm -hmm. this point now they're maybe looking at hey let's we probably shouldn't have extended this guy maybe not <laughs> but the other injury happened today uh for a team that is playing the best baseball out of anybody in the mlb right now and that's the atlanta braves 12 game win streak and ozzy albies broke his foot today uh gonna be out for probably a couple months so that's a big loss for the Braves. Second straight year where we see one of these big injuries for the Braves midway through the season. Obviously, this, this is kind of coming out a little bit of a different time than Acuna's injury last year. The Braves are just muttering around 500. Uh, but right now for the Braves, they're the hottest team in baseball. Uh, so at least you got that momentum going for you. You should be back for the playoffs. Winners of 12 in a row. 
kind of scary for the Braves, but uh, I, I believe they should be just fine, at least getting that uh, wild card spot in, in the NL. Yeah, obviously that sounds huge, and I'm not saying it helps them necessarily, but they did it without Acuna last year, so I'm not going to ride them off. Yeah, and they got Acuna back this year, yeah. so that's pretty crazy. I think uh, a lot of people don't really count this for the slow start, but they didn't have Acuna for the first month of the season, yeah. and now they got him. They're getting back to it. And what we saw last year is that Alex Orthanopoulos or whatever his name yeah. is, uh, he's not afraid to make a move. He's just like AJ Prowler with the Padres in this case. He's going to he's gonna go all in and he's going to make some big moves uh, to go ahead and help his team in the best way that he possibly can. So that last year of Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario, Stephen Vogt, uh, Richard Rodriguez, all these guys that he brought in last year. I expect him to do something similar for every single spot. The Braves aren't really at the spot at the the point where they need to be at. Uh, he's going to go ahead and make a move to try to upgrade that team to help them be, become reigning champs uh, or, or back-to-back champs in, in this case. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get back to where's your head at though for the second half. And the first thing that we're going to be doing is the same thing that we do every week, but we just started off uh, in the first half and that's our player pitcher and rookie of the week within the MLB. Skyler, who is your player of the week? My player of the week is going to be Byron Buxton. He had seven for 21. That's a three thirty-three average five homers led the MLB this week, seven RBIs and Minnesota's hot again. Yeah, I do have Byron Buxton here, but I do need to have his updated information from today. Oh, my bad. When he went two for five with another homer. Really? So he has six homers this week, uh-huh. uh, nine hits. Obviously, or not obviously, but I feel like this guy's average kind of randomly snuck down to us on, on like a 200, 210 aspect of it. And I'm just like, whoa, like where'd that come from? Now yeah. it's sneaking back up to 240. Uh, but when healthy, man, this guy's like one of the best players or one of the most talented players in all yeah. of major league baseball. So good to see him healthy. Good to see him hitting. And now he has 18 home runs in the big leagues this season, uh, which I believe is second behind the almighty Aaron judge. All righty. Yeah. Pitcher of the week, Skyler, who do you got here? I think there's a lot of good options for these next two, but pitcher, I got to go with Sandy Alcantara. He got the complete game shutout against Washington. Six Ks, no walks. He's really good. Yeah, Sandy Sandy also pitched today. Uh, so he went seven and two-thirds, allowed two runs, three walks, five strikeouts against the Phillies. He did end up not taking the L, but he kind of cost him that game a mm-hmm. little bit in the eighth inning. But, I mean, if you're the Marlins, like, you got to keep your guy out there. yeah. But with that being said, I'm going with Shane McClanahan, eight shutout innings, or he did give up a run, but it was unearned. Only two hits allowed, nine strikeouts. There's a lot of guys in Major League Baseball that are blossoming from this this mid-tier, right below all-star level to the Cy Young type guy. We're seeing that with Scooball. We're seeing that with Shane McClanahan. Cortez. Seeing that with uh, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, Nestor Cortez, obviously. I mean, it's going to be fun. I think one thing that we should be doing next week is predicting our all-star teams because uh, we should be about a, a month out from the all-star break. I made a ballot. That point. And I know the ballots just came out last mm-hmm. last week, and I, I did make one myself, but uh, we'll share that next week, I guess. Yeah. Let's get to our rookie of the week, Skyler. Who do you got? Again, lots of guys were productive, but I got to go with Jake Berger. 
10 for 24, 417 average, three homers, six RBIs, got a Tops Now card in MLB The Show. So is, you're always doing something good if you get a Tops yeah. Now card in MLB The Show. Uh, unfortunately, I did not go with Mr. Berger here. Uh, did you see his matchup against John King, though? Did you see that? No, what, which day? Uh, I forget what day it was, but it was Burger versus King, dude. We have Burger King. Oh, I it see. was all over Bleacher Report <laughs> and stuff like that. So I honestly have no clue what happened in that bat, but it's cool to see the, those little name things that actually come up in baseball yeah. quite a lot. Uh, but my rookie of the week is going to be Jonathan Heasley, uh, great week. pitcher for the Royals, who dominated, uh, went seven innings, only allowed one hit, no runs, and had seven strikeouts this past week in his one start. Don't really know too much about him except for he was in my Royals rebuild for uh, a couple years uh, when I was doing that last this past week on MLB The Show. But uh, I guess good to see one of my my guys from that that franchise panning out. Yeah. Next up, we're doing our rankings. We did catchers a couple weeks ago. We did first baseman a couple weeks ago. We did second baseman last week, and we're moving to the hot corner here with our top 10 third baseman. Do you have any honorable mentions here that you want to get to before we get to number 10? Yeah, just some guys who have been raking the past two years, and they they just miss out. You know, third base is, is hot right now. So it's Brandon Drury, Eugenio Suarez, Eduardo Escobar, Gio Urshela. Want to shout them out because they're playing awesome. Yeah, I like Gio. I like Urshela, or not Urshela, Gio and Urshela are obviously the same person. I like Gio. I like Escobar. Uh, yeah, that pretty much gets us to number 10. Skyler, who do you got? I'm going to go with Bobby Witt Jr. here. And maybe surprising, a little slow start, but he's been on fire this past month. He went from low 100s average to he's hitting 245 now. And he's got probably the brightest future out of all these dudes on this list. So I, I had to sneak him on there. Yeah, Bobby Witt's a guy that I left just off of my list just because of how good Brandon Drury's been this year, man. He's been one of the few bright spots for the the Reds. He's hitting bombs. He's playing decent defense, and he's he's hitting for a decent average as well. Uh, probably going to be traded yeah. here somewhat soon because those guys are hot commodities within the big leagues. And so uh, a very high-quality utility guy that can play not just third base but pretty much anywhere on the diamond for the Reds. What about number nine? Number nine, I'm going to go with Matt Chapman. Really slow start this year, not hitting for average pretty much since his injury, but you can't replace that defense. He's a monster. Yeah, I'm also going with Chappie here too. He's a below average hitter, but he is a superstar at everything defensively. We obviously saw this firsthand being A's fans over the past four or five years and now Canada is seeing that defense firsthand yeah. this year, and they're probably going to see it for a lot of years. With uh, I assume he's probably going to get an extension over there. Mm-hmm. Hey, they didn't extend uh, extend Marcus, so you never That's know. True. That's true. But he did. I don't know. The Marcus deal feels a little bit different because it was like, a, "Hey, come play one year with us and yeah. prove it." Because he had that slow 2020. But anyways, Chappie, we know how good he is at defense. Obviously, has a platinum glove, glove, and. Uh, yeah, lands about number nine. Mm-hmm. What about number eight? Number eight, I have DJ LeMahieu. New guy to the list, but he's primary third base this year. And uh, he's just one of the most productive hitters in the MLB. 
Number eight for me is going to be Cabrian Hayes. The reason why he's not higher on this list for me is because of his power. It hasn't been there this year. He only has two home runs. Obviously, he plays great defense, just like Chapman. Uh, and he's hitting for a way higher average than Chappie is. He's in two, 277 this year. But uh, Cabrian Hayes is going to be a star for the Pirates for sure. Obviously, got that big uh, contract from the Pirates already, too. I'll yeah. go number seven. Number seven, where I have Cabrian Hayes. Uh, similar story here. Obviously, uh, a couple big injuries for him really suck. Maybe that's why he's not even higher on this list, but uh, we'll keep an eye on him. Number seven for me is going to be a guy who is injured all the time, but definitely deserves to be on this list somewhere. And that's Anthony Rendon who plays solid defense, but when he's healthy, this guy is one of the best hitters in the league. I feel like I'm basing this just based off of his Washington nationals Rendon though, because we really haven't seen Rendon play a, a whole bunch of games for the angels in his three years over there. But when this guy's healthy, he rakes. And just because of that, I, I got to keep him at somewhere on this list. And that's that happens to be the number seven spot. On to number six. I don't have Rendon. I only looked at qualified hitters this year. So he uh, doesn't make it for me. I apologize. But number six, I have Austin Riley, uh, another young star at third base. And he mashes. He helped Atlanta win a World Series. Number six. Yeah. Austin Riley is also number six for me. Obviously hits the ball a mile. He has 16 homers already this year, but just doesn't play the defense of some of these other guys above him or even the guys below him and Cabrian Hayes and, and Matt Chapman. But we saw last year, this guy can hit and he's, he's really shown us this year as well. That that wasn't some sort of fluke uh, with an OPS around 850. Number five, number five, I have Alex Bregman, kind of a slow start this year, but, uh, Really well-balanced, great defense, great contact. Uh, and usually his power numbers come through around summer, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one too. Bregman is also the guy who I have at five. Uh, nice. Usually he'd be a lot higher on this list, but with his slow start this year, he's got to go down also because of some of the other hot starts that these guys on the higher part of this list have had. But Bregman, I was very surprised to see him be put at five on my list just because of how good he's been the past few years. I mean, this guy hit 40 home runs a couple years ago. I know it's in the main ballpark. You say whatever you want about that stadium, but this guy can mash and plays great defense too. But it's not as good as J-Ram, Arenado, Rafi, mm -hmm. or Machado. Not a number yeah. four. So I have pretty much 2A, 2B, and 2C here. So I have Arenado at 2C, which is actually the four spot. Um, you know, amazing defense. He hits the ball hard, too. He's been doing it for a long time. Uh, I guess I'll, with number three, I'll explain more. Why number three is above Arenado. Machado is number four for me, and it just got so hard, especially in these. Skyler said he put him in 2A, 2B, 2C, and yeah. that's honestly probably the way that I should have done it as well. But it's so tough to differentiate between the, these three guys, except for the number one guy. I feel like right now is really making a step ahead. Yeah. Machado is the main reason why the Padres are good this year. The first place Padres, by the way, we'll talk more about them later on in the show, but this guy has been so good. He's in three twenty, walking a ton, hitting homers, playing great defense. Like he always does. Uh, and yeah, whenever you're, I wouldn't say caring, but doing as much as he's doing for a first place team, you definitely got to be up here for a while. 
Mm-hmm. Number three. Number three, I have Machado. He's higher than Arenado because I feel like he plays just as great defense and he's been better offensively. Like you said, he's kind of carrying San Diego right now. So that gets the bump. Maybe recency bias, but yeah. Number two for me is going to, or number three is going to yeah. be Rafael Devers. This guy mashes. I There's not a better, I, there, there might be, J-Ram might be a little bit better, but there's not too many guys that can hit better than this guy in the whole league in general, let alone third base. His defense is a step below some of the other guys like Arenado and Machado, but it's coming along. It's definitely gotten a lot better than what it was his rookie season when he was like 19 years old. But I mean, this guy's going to get paid so much eventually once he hits free agency. He, I know he still has a couple more years, but he might be a guy that gets $300 million because he's going to be a free agent when he's 26. Mm-hmm. And he's already so good for the, the, the Red Sox already has a world series ring. And, uh, it's good to see for Rafi on a number two. Yeah. Devers is my number two. Um, he's, he's just so good on offense that uh, the defense kind of doesn't really matter towards his value right now. 335, 14 bombs and someone is going to give him the bag. Number two for me is going to be Nolan Arenado. And I know our list are throughout this whole segment. These last few weeks have kind of been, what are you doing for me lately? And I know Machado, Devers, J-Ram have been better recently, but this guy has been the face of third baseman for the last 10 years, I feel like. So I, I got to like leave him can't up there. go wrong. You know? Exactly. So Nato just – he just barely edges out Devers and Machado. But there's only one J-Ram, Skyler. Tell us why he's number one. Yeah. The man is so clutch. <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, he's still leading the league in RBIs. Uh, and it's funny, we talked about, uh, you know, his RBIs versus Cincinnati Red wins. and Or sorry, losses. And uh, it's looking like for sure he's going to get that now, especially Reds have been playing a little better. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's a switch hitter too. It's nuts. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of guys that are switch hitters that are like this consistent on both sides of the plate. But this guy is. I mean, he has 16 homers and 17 strikeouts this year. When you get into that category of having more home runs or equal amount of home runs as you do strikeouts, that's like Barry Bonds mm-hmm. stuff. And obviously, Barry Bonds is looked at as one of the goats in all baseball and obviously has a whole ped stuff. But we're not getting into that because yeah. J-Ram doesn't need peds. This guy is so damn good at everything. And he's sneaky fast, too. He steals a whole bunch of bases, has nine already this year. He walks a ton, too. He's just an anomaly. And he's we talked about him last week comparing him to Mookie Bats. He's just so underrated and does everything so good. Uh, but it was the consensus number one pick for, for third baseman for me and Skyler here. Yeah. That does it for our third baseman's list. Let's go on to three other topics before we get to our bets First of which being, can the Yankees break the single season wins record set by the Mariners back in 2001? And let me just set the scene here before we get into Skyler's take uh, and my opinion as well. The Yankees through the first 60 games are 44 and 16. The Mariners through the first 60 games that year were 47 and 13, which just seems crazy. 
So in the last 102 games for the Mariners, they went 69 and 33. The last 102 games for the Yankees, in order to tie it, need to go 72 and 30. But that does actually align with their win percentage right now. So if they just stay consistent throughout this whole year, they can get there. Skyler, what do you think? Does this Yankees team have what it takes to get 117 this year? I don't think it's too far off, but I still have to say no. There's a lot of fragile players on this roster. And I know the argument is, well, we already have so many injuries and we're still doing this. I just, even the luckiest guys get banged up in the dog days of summer. And like you said, they're on pace right now, but it can't get any worse than this. They have to keep doing exactly what they're doing. And I just don't want to bet on the Yankees like that. I don't trust them. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be so tough to, to really get there. I look, I've just been looking at this Mariners roster and this, this roster from 2001 is just so shocking. And how they didn't win the World Series is beyond me. They didn't even win the playoff series. <laughs> well, they, they made it to the ALCS. Uh, my bad. Right? My bad. Yeah. But uh, still, not even making it to the World Series. The only team to ever not make it to a World Series is the Seattle Mariners. Let me just go through a couple guys on this roster. Ichiro, who had 242 hits, hit 350, uh, and also stole 57 bags. That was his rookie year, I believe. Also, uh, Brett MVP. Boone. Yeah. Brett Boone, 206 hits, hit 331, 37 home runs, 141 RBIs. John Olerud, the guy that doesn't really get talked about too much, but super good defender at first base and hit 300 and had 21 home runs that year. Mike Cameron, 25 homers, hit 267 while also stealing 34 bags. Edgar Martinez was on this team. David Bell, whole bunch of guys. Uh, and they even had the final year of Jay Buhner, one of the Mariner greats. Uh, Obviously the pitching staff was good as well, but I'm not going to get into that. But I like this Yankees team. And I don't know if they have that. I know they got probably the AL MVP and Aaron judge, and they got probably a better pitching staff. If it stays consistent like that, I just don't know if I can bet on the Luis Severino staying healthy. I don't know if I can bet on the Jameson Tyon being as good as he has been this whole year. Same thing with Jordan Montgomery. I think we'll probably see somewhat consistency between with Nestor Cortez. I think he's got the chance to have be a guy that holds that like low two ERA. Somebody like Kinjin Ryu, where you just were kind of just flustered every single year on how he had that such low ERA. And then Garrett Cole's obviously the ace that the Yankees paid a whole bunch of money for. But no, this team is not getting 117 wins. I think it's it's damn near impossible too. So if they do it. They'll prove me wrong, just like they've done all season long. So they'll probably end up doing it anyways. But I'm saying no as of right now. Next up, we got to talk about the Milwaukee struggles. Skyler's pick to win the NL Central currently sit at 34 and 28. So as a whole, this team isn't that bad. Uh, but let me just go over their eight-game losing streak that they had last week and the week before that, where they scored 20 runs over those eight games and allowed 57 Brewers team is known as one of these great pitching staffs. Obviously they have Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Josh Hader, Devin Williams. They just have a whole bunch of arms, but they couldn't figure it out over the eight game stretch. They ended up getting a win at the end of it though, uh, over the Nats. And that leads us to today. Do you think uh, this 
little losing streak is, is scary for the Brewers or do you think it's just a normal slump that teams have throughout the year? I don't think it's far-fetched to be concerned right now. You know, the pitching overall, it seems fine. They've had guys step up, you know, Woodruff has struggled, but Ashby and Hauser have been nice, but they need to score a lot more runs just to be sure. Uh, they need to be buyers at the deadline to win the central, because if you don't win the central, you're not making the playoffs. That's just how it is. Uh, so I'm a little scared. Yeah, there's a reason why I picked the Cardinals uh, to start the season as the team to win the Central. And I picked that because I wasn't too sure about the Milwaukee offense. We knew that they had that great trio in the rotation that I was talking about a little bit earlier and that great back end of the bullpen with Williams and Hayter. And Hayter, by the way, probably the best reliever in all baseball. But... I mean, there's just NL's good, man. Atlanta is coming around, obviously. The Giants are turning around and are playing good baseball as of late. The Padres are amazing. The Dodgers are great. The Mets are great. And the Phillies are a team that, hey, yeah. they, they just swept them. So they're obviously in the mix now. Uh, getting rid of Joe Girardi, I guess, has worked out pretty well for them. And then now to the game above 500, which just two weeks ago, they were seven games under 500. So it's scary. I think it actually is scary for the Brewers and they got to turn it on. I mean, obviously you don't have to turn it on right now because of how long the MLB season is, but it's, I'd be worrisome with how good the, the NL, this NL this year is. Let's talk about the pods. Let's talk about the Dodgers who just lost Walker Bueller for six to eight weeks. Likely though, he does not have to get surgery. So he's not going to be at the whole season, but that also throws the Dodgers into that Frankie Montas mix, which is interesting for us because Frankie Montas is going to get us a haul and we are excited for that. Yeah. But that's not the question. We're talking about the Padres who are in a virtual tie right now with the Dodgers don't have Fernando Tatis yet. We don't really know when they're going to get him back. But do you think the Padres can win the West with having the Dodgers lose such a big arm like Walker Buehler? Absolutely. You know, their offense is great right now. Machado, like you said, is a demon kind of carrying. But don't forget about Profar and Hosmer having bounce back years and not even having Tatis. I don't know if I said that or not. They don't even have Tatis, bro. It's crazy. The pitching is deep. They even got Clevenger back. He has COVID now, but he made a couple starts. And uh, of course he does. It's yeah, I know, right? Of course he's got COVID. <laughs> this dude was going out partying in 2020 when he had a dude on his team who literally had cancer that year. Yeah. Uh, and of course he's got COVID nowadays. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Other than that, though, great job, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> exactly. Bob Melvin's got these guys in the right spot. We talked about this multiple times over this past. This this whole baseball season that Bob Melvin's a guy that can change a culture. He can, he can change a clubhouse around from being a a super negative attitude uh, where they were probably with uh, their manager last year, got rid of him, put him Bowmel and they're reaping the benefits of it right now being at where they are. And they can definitely go ahead and win the division. Uh, Like Skeller said, and I said just a minute ago too, they don't have their best player. And I know Machado has been this, superstar figure for them but he's not Fernando Tatis and maybe Machado's leadership also maybe tools into that I don't know I assume Nando's probably around that team quite a bit though so he's probably still a leader but they can do this they're they're a team that can get hot 
We've seen that throughout this whole season. And I, I'm going to say that they will, I'm going to say that they're going to win the division. I just don't think the Dodgers have the pitching as of right now. Cause Kershaw, I mean, he just came back from injury, but he ain't got Walker. So until the Dodgers trade for Frankie Montas and get their guy back that they've raised up through their minor league system, I'm saying the Padres are winning the division. But then again, also AJ probably might just say, fuck it and go take Frankie Montas from the Dodgers because that's just the guy that he is. Yeah. But that's going to do it for where's your head at. Let's go ahead and get to our bets and let's get on out of here because it's it's getting late, Skyler. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> Last week, my layup was saying the Eastern Conference Finals in the NHL was going to go to seven games. Fortunately, that did not happen, though. The Rangers talked and choked, and the Lightning ended up winning in six games there to advance to their third straight Stanley Cup and their look to repeat or three-peat. And Skyler had the Mets win in the series in Los Angeles against the Angels, and that did happen. They took two out of three with a big win on Sunday night baseball. So good job to gather there this week though. I have Tampa taking one out of the first two in Colorado in the Stanley cup finals. It starts on Wednesday. Uh, First two games are in Colorado. Colorado is a super underrated team. One of the best players in all the NHL, Nathan, uh, Nathan McKinnon on their squad. But I think Tampa has got what it takes to go in there and at least take one game. And that's why I have it as my layup rather than a bold prediction. Yeah. uh, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays not the lightning here, winning the series at Baltimore, another what seems to be easy baseball one. Uh, I, I just like the way Tampa Bay has been pitching and uh, Shane Baz gets another crack at a start. You know, he uh, didn't pitch well last week, but he starting against Baltimore on Saturday, I think. So uh, it should be exciting. Yeah. Tampa Bay's team, I think won 19 out of 20 meetings against Baltimore last year. And I know they swept them earlier this year. So pretty good pick by Skyler there. Uh, last week though, for my bull prediction, I had the Yankees sweeping the Cubs and that they did the red hot Yanks took down the Wrigley monsters and, and Christopher morale and Frank Schwindel and Patrick wisdom and all those guys they got over there. They did play like a 14 inning game though, which is so crazy. We don't have a lot of those now at this point with the runner being on second base and the extra innings, but the Yankees ended up coming through Jose Trevino got to walk off in that game. And then. Uh, Sunday was quite a blowout. I think they won 18 to four yeah. in that game. Skyler, what do you got? Or uh, yeah. So your bold prediction yeah. actually was the abs winning the cup. We don't know that's going to happen yet. So Skyler in his parentheses for this week has abs winning the cup still, but a couple college baseball picks for yeah. our bold predictions. And I'm going with Cardinal Stanford winning the college West world series. We ended up losing to Vandy last year. Vandy's not here. Tennessee's not here. Oregon State's not here. It's Stanford's World Series to win. All right. Uh, Well, my pick is going to be the Texas Longhorns winning the College World Series. Uh, They've proven they can come back against a great team like Eastern Carolina, down 7-2. They got it. There's a reason why they were the preseason number one team, and I think they're on the weaker side of the bracket. Winner of Texas A&M and Oklahoma – and the loser of that would play, I assume they beat Notre Dame. I think they're better than Notre Dame. And then the winner of Notre Dame and and the loser. And uh Notre Dame's hot though, man. I know I know they're hot, but so is Texas, especially offensively. And uh and I, I would love to see Stanford, Texas, but I, I gotta go with the Longhorns here. And then obviously Avs winning the cup. Uh 
kind of part of that is sometimes the best bet to make is to not make one. And that's how I felt last week. So I did a futures one. Oh, yeah. True. yeah. Well, how crazy would it be if the fighting Irish won the college baseball world series, they were a team that no. probably should have gotten to be a host at a super regional ended up not yeah. being though. I feel the same way about Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, those are just yeah. two teams that are super good this year, but uh, obviously they're, they're in a good spot now at this point. So that's going to do it for episode 92. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday when we get back onto our regular schedule. We'll know who's going to win the finals. We'll be in a happy mood or we're going to be in a sad mood. Yeah. Uh, a couple games into the Stanley yes. Cup. But uh, yeah, a couple games in the Stanley Cup, a couple games into the College Baseball World Series as well. Yeah. So we got that all going on. It's going to be a fun week in sports this next week. So uh, look out for tweets, look out for stuff like that and uh, for some big news if, if that comes up. And yeah, we'll see you next Tuesday for episode 93. Go Wyas. Go Dubs, man. Go Dubs.